I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. You're listening to the COB podcast from AusBiz. It is November the 1st. It's the start of what's going to be a massive macro week, not only here, but abroad. So only, uh, only great to have joining me in the other studio today is Annette Beecher. Now, Annette, on a scale of 1 to 10, <laughs> how excited are you about this week? I would be 11. I would off be the radar, Off the Richter scale. Yeah, off the Richter scale. It's all meant to be very dull, but it's anything but with three central banks lined up this week. We'll go and get to that in a moment. Let's go and kick off with the market. Now, we saw what happened on Friday. It was ugly, ugly, 2% plus decline. It was Halloween ugly. It was Halloween ugly and uh, no no treat. Certainly a lot of trick going on. But uh, yeah, managed to go and claw back some of those losses today. Only about a third though. And that's pretty disappointing given what the futures market was pointing to uh, before the start of trade and the fact that we saw the major bosses on Wall Street all close at record highs. Now, one of the factors that really weighed on today's market was Westpac. Now, where do we go with this result? Because the share price reaction was stark. It was down about 7% today. Now, this is Australia's fifth largest listed company. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of really interesting information in there, including about the outlook for home loan growth yep. rates. and margins. Yeah, rates and margins. Because I just got off, literally off air with Julia Lee, and I asked her that question before her buy, hold and sell. And she said Westpac basically really disappointed expectations, the compression on margins and really not writing loans in a market that's as hot as it is. Westpac seems to have missed out on uh, on writing new loans as well. So it just sounded like a trifecta of not good enough news. Yeah, competition is there. You know, it's very hard to go in and get uh, loan growth in the some vicinity that you're seeing when system-wide loan growth. And uh, why people say like, oh, it's fantastic when uh, the, the interest rates start to go increase because you know, the banks love that. It helps to go in and boost mm. their margins. But remembering what sort of uh, know, levels we're coming up, particularly with the term funding facility from the RBA, uh, the outlook for funding their loan book as well moving forward is rising rapidly at the moment. So it's not all peaches and cream for the banking uh, sector. So I'm not surprised to go and see the share price reaction in that particular name today. Let's get to one of the reasons why we're seeing a bit of pressure coming through on those NIMS and rising interest rate uh, pressures. Now, you thought you said about the big three are going to be up this week, including our own RBA with the policy decision tomorrow. The RBA has got a lot of explaining to do, right? It sure does. Now, I, I can certainly sympathise that the RBA does not want to run monetary policy at 11.15 every morning when it comes to announcing bond buying or not. But silence in this case has not been golden. We haven't heard from the RBA for about a week. And of course, the disappointing aspect of tomorrow is it's just a statement. So we'll get a piece of paper more or less at 2.30 
tomorrow afternoon, no press conference, no questions, no nothing. So if there's any kind of uh, shock in this report um, tomorrow, if they're abandoning yield curve control, if they're sticking with 2024, the, you know, the list of variables are huge, but there's, there's going to be no interaction. So I, I just can't see an easy digestion, whatever they produce tomorrow. Yeah, I'm intrigued to see what they've got to say because uh, they've lost a huge amount of credibility over the past week or so. Uh, can they go and, and get that back? Well, it's going to take time and uh, that can start tomorrow with some clear and concise communication. But as people have pointed out, all we're getting is the one-page statement at this stage. No uh, no press conference, no nothing. Nope. Um, I'll tell you nothing. It's, uh, it's pretty uh, – and I got a lot of people's attention, a lot of people looking forward to the Federal Reserve meeting this week. Now, we sat down and had a chat with Isaac Poole from Oriana Financial Services. He's declared – Transitory is over. <laughs> it's uh, it's dead and buried, and uh, we're going to have sticky inflation. He went and talked to us that really, really hot employee cost index data out of the state. It showing, was scorching. Yeah, showing that wage pressures are really starting to go and ramp up in response to what we're seeing in you know, those staff shortages and the like. Yep, sure is. That uh, just for the pointy heads, the uh, employment cost index, which is similar to uh, Aussie's wage cost index, it's the same job over time. It was meant to go up by 0.9 in the quarter, instead up 1.3. So that's a 50% miss uh, that the analysts just underestimated how much wage pressure is building. Now, we're not going to get our own wage cost uh, pressures until the 17th, I believe. So we're weak away from finding out our own wages number so let's see everyone else got inflation surprises let's see if we get a wages surprise yeah it's really interesting now no so of course no what goes on the inflation environment is going to be really key when it comes to what happens with the interest rates moving forward but i reckon we're probably going and allowing the central banks a little bit of leeway because the markets particularly equity markets at the moment out there are pretty sanguine about it. It's like, oh, it's, it's fine. We don't mind that the punch bowl is being taken away suddenly in many, many years before we expect it. I'm not Until so, it's not. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure how long it's going to last because we've been talking about some of the volatility in other asset classes out there at the moment. It's giving me a sense that yeah. uh, the equity market, you know, that exuberance that we've got at the moment is probably on borrowed time a little bit. I wonder whether we might go and see the stock market look to go and pressure the Fed, given what the interest rate outlook is right now being priced in, to go and start don't know, really talking dovishly again. Because right now, uh, the equity market's giving green light to go, mm. hey, go ahead, folks, go and, uh, go and hike three times so next Damnedest, yeah, yes. three, four times next year, three, <laughs> no, three times next year, yeah. almost four. Uh, and uh, yeah, going up, uh, bringing uh, the cash rate, uh, the Fed's fund rate back up towards 2%. Uh, yeah. That's that's uh, it's making me very nervous when we've seen commodity prices like a washing machine in the last few sessions and rates have blown up. And I find it very hard to believe that equities are just seeing through the punch bowl being taken away. Yes, they've been comforted by earnings, but we know earnings are backward looking. Forward guidance is certainly not set in stone. So it just makes me wonder when every other asset is wobbling that you get record highs in the US. Yeah, onwards and upwards. And I know the futures will hit record highs again today in Asia for S&P 500 futures. So we'll see what this month holds. Uh, traditionally, it's a pretty you know, strong seasonal uh, period for stocks. But mm-hmm. yeah, something tells me at the moment, uh, once you take that punch bowl away and the realisation sets in that, hey, the cost of money is going up, 
whether it will be that way and whether we'll be talking about multiple rate hikes occurring next year. I'm, I'm doubtful at this stage, but of course, I'm happy to be proven wrong. If there is a bit of a pullback, uh, get some ideas heading. We had plenty of chats with our expert guests in the program today. One of them, we mentioned Westpac at the start. I probably should have done the segue then, but uh, we went and sat down with our stock of the day. So Gaurav Sodhi and uh, Nathan Somersandram sat down with Koshi today and ran the rule over Westpac to see what they thought of whether you should buy the dip. Take a listen. About stability than growth. And I think if you're an investor, you can, you'll know with your own portfolio and situation whether these are right for you. If you're interested in growth, this is not the place to find it. But they do pay a nice dividend and they will likely continue paying a nice dividend. Okay. I mean, we are sitting on a global property bubble. They have one asset that they play in. It's in a global property yeah, bubble. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. you're not doing well now, please, when are you going to do well? Yeah. And when you miss earnings in this cycle, when you've got an RBA and a government handing out stuff to help your sector, please. If you're picking a top 10, 20 stocks. 50. Yeah, okay, 100. <laughs> it, won't, it won't be in the top you 100. Know, now, I love those two blokes. They play a straight bat, as straight as you could possibly get. I just love what Gora said in relation to it. Yeah. He's not really produced decision because you know what? The banks right now, they're not the most competitive stock out there. So he just doesn't pay attention. Doesn't care. Yeah. So not going in the portfolio. And uh, yeah, luckily uh, not in there today because uh, that would have been pretty painful. But uh, yeah, not a buy there for Westpac. But uh, look, there is some more ideas out there for the investor who is in the market. Carl Capolinga, a favorite here on the program as well. He had four, four stocks to go through and to have a look at what's, uh, what's making uh, some moves in the more short-term uh, player out there. We also had a good chat with um, Nadine and myself with Morningstar's Matthew Hodge uh, about uh, the commodity space at the moment. Uh, you know, is there value in the coal stocks? Now, of course, we've been seeing coal futures getting absolutely Smoked. pulverized. <laughs> uh, I know thermal coal futures in, in China down over 50% uh, in the last 10 days. That's, uh, that's remarkable. Uh, but uh, he's found uh, some, some value out there, and he points out at the moment that Whilst the futures market has moved really aggressively, the actual underlying spot market that sales are primarily based on mm. is holding up much better at this stage in time. So looking at really juicy yields, and he likes numbers, numerous uh, names in that space. So I uh, know earnings upside potential uh, coming still despite what we're seeing in the futures market. So there is some ideas out there for our audience if you are in the marketplace to go and get some. Tomorrow, RBA, what else are we looking for? Uh, I have to say on the data front, we had, uh, we just, just to quickly, very quickly say home loan data, the investors are continuing to snap up the bargains. There was a 2.7% correction in owner-occupied housing finance, but those investors are sniffing around. So I just wanted to highlight that. Uh, we spoke to Eliza Owen and, uh, and her take is on the website. So in terms of tomorrow, it's really not a macro day. The RBNZ governor is speaking. 7.30 our time. Speaking of communication, we've got more communication from our friends across the ditch uh, than ourselves. We know they're bracing to hike later this month, but really for us, all eyes will be on 2.30. What are they going to do with yield curve control? What are they going to do about 2023 or 2024 rate guidance? It'll be up to us. There's no media lockup, as we found out. The reason why that's important is everybody will be scrambling to get headlines up. Mistakes will be made, so it'll be a fun time at 2.30. 
I can promise you that I've seen numerous mistakes made by the hot headline <laughs> writers from various uh, no news mm-hmm. wire services. So yeah, be warned about uh, no potential uh, missteps that could go and arrive at two thirty. And of course, that's going to be the true race that stops the nation. The true tomorrow. race. Yeah, that uh, that little <laughs> thing in Melbourne. You know, that can go and don't forget. But of course, you know, it's Melbourne Cup Day. So for those of you in Victoria, it's been a pretty uh, rough couple of a years. Rough year. Go and enjoy it. Uh, go and get on the gas. Go and back a winner, and uh, we'll be cheering you on. But make sure you tune in to go and see what's going on on Ausbiz in the interim. Well, we might go and I'll leave you there for today, but uh, we'll get ready we'll for be back. 11 out of 10 week ahead. Oh, woo, let's go. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.